Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? Somebody type yes in the Zoom chat. Yay. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. This is really exciting. Uh, my palms are sweating. Mostly, I'm just really excited to be here with all of you. Thank you for coming. So as you know, uh, this is our first podcast and also a live show. I don't know why I decided to just go in like a freaking lion, but right now it sort of feels like the time to take chances and be imperfect and be creative. And if things don't work, who cares? There's other things. But also, I just really, really wanted to connect with everybody. We are obviously in a very strange time. And I know that we're all impacted by it. And, and we'll talk a little more about that in just a moment. I'm really excited for our guest today. Tashian Chellis is just someone I'm a huge fan of, who's also a friend of mine. She was the first person I asked, and I was so excited when she said yes. And I can't wait to tell you all about her and talk to her. And I know that you're all just going to be as excited as I am about her. Before we go any further, I just want to be very clear that, you know, I am a 38-year-old person and sometimes I cuss. Um, and I feel really okay about that. <laughs> but you, if that's a problem for you, or if you have kids around, you know, you've been warned, headphones are our friend. I am your host, Jenny Brusso. I am the founder of Unlikely Hikers on Instagram. Unlikely Hikers is a platform for the underrepresented outdoors person, which basically includes most of us. We're telling unique stories about everyday people and their outdoor lives and interrupting the pervasive dominant narrative of, you know, the young cis white dude on a mountaintop, you know, that we tend to see every day, day in and day out on outdoorsy social media and in advertisements. And if you are that dude, I'm not talking about you personally. I'm just saying the overarching narrative. So we feature stories and people um, of so many diverse backgrounds and lived, lived experiences, people of color, people of size. Um, I personally like to say fat people, but that I, I, I think of it as the descriptive word, not as a bad word. It's dominant culture that has made it a bad word. To me, it's just a descriptive word. Um, so yeah, people of size, plus size, fat people, whatever you like to say. People who are trans, queer, people with disabilities. Um, and we also like to make sure that we're talking about the way the outdoors, you know, uh, improves our mental health or what it does for our mental health. It does a lot for me. And also talking about politics, conservation, you know the drill. Also, I lead hikes um, once a month in Portland, Oregon, or somewhere in Oregon, and once a month somewhere else in the country. I travel to lead a hike, but obviously, I'm not doing that right now uh, for all of the obvious reasons, and we'll, again, talk about that a little bit more in a moment. A little about myself. I am a queer 38-year-old, I already said that, <laughs> just driving home. I just turned 38, so I think I'm like really excited about it. I'm a writer, a hiker, a group hike leader. I have complicated, shitty mental health. Um, I have, you know, chronic PTSD, and I'm just depression, anxiety, you know, the full order. Um, and I'm just saying it out loud like that to just kind of normalize it because it is really normal. It affects all areas of my life. And for all of you who live with some of these realities too, we're living in really hard times. So I just want to say, yep, that's me. I live with that. Um, and just be really normal about it because it is so normal. So this is a time where I would like to ask for some of your participation. Um, and Essentially, I want you to write, type three words, not a sentence, but just three words 
describing how you're doing right now. I want to know how you're doing. So I'll give you about 10 to 12 seconds to do that. Go ahead. Oh gosh, you guys can see my face reading them. I'm like, oh. Ah, okay. I see a lot of the same answers, um, which I'm not surprised about. I think we're all in a collective sort of what the fuck grief, you know, trauma response to things right now. And I just want to very flatly say that COVID-19, all that's going along with it are, you know, the, the government response here in the U.S. I know we don't have all people from the U.S. today, um, but it is impacting all of us. None of us are unaffected by this. And yes, some of us are more impacted than others. Some of us are, you know, it's, I mean, it's complicated for all of us, but, you know, I think it's really easy to compare our experiences with like worst case scenarios, worst case experiences, and like think that we're, you know, we don't have it as bad as someone else. And to kind of, use that to invalidate our our personal experience and i just i want to put the kibosh on that i want to say that your feelings are valid that they exist at the same time as any you know of of, of every horrible thing that you can think of like okay like maybe the job you lost your dream job is not as horrible as somebody who dies from this or um, a doctor who has to work in the ER every day. Um, but they don't actually, these experiences don't actually have to be compared. Like they all exist together at the same time. We're all experiencing some kind of loss from this. And loss doesn't necessarily mean someone dying, which brings feelings of grief. Um, I really want to encourage you to, you know, take a mental inventory of the privileges you have and, you know, your gratitude and the ways in which you are well, or even the ways in which you are not. And I also want you to try to hold space for other experiences, other perspectives, you know, something that I think about a lot when I'm feeling really horrible is like I think about all of the incarcerated people, all of the people in custody of ICE, people without homes, people without safe homes. And of course, like, yes, I have to acknowledge these things. We all have to acknowledge these things. But it also exists at the same time as like my sadness over, you know, most of my income being paused or, or being gone. I don't actually know if I'm going to get any of my paid jobs back. I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm just using it myself as an example. So your feelings are valid. Um, what you are grieving is valid. And none of these, and none of those feelings take away from somebody else's experience. Trauma is exhausting. So if you're having a hard time getting anything done, please be soft with yourself. Please be um, as you know, accepting as you can. Like right now I'm having such a hard time getting even one thing done every day. It's, it's so hard. And I feel like kind of triggered all of the time, even though I can't even tell you like what it is I possibly, like what it is I feel triggered about. I think it's just a general collective feeling of like, or like I'm just, you know, feeling a lot of the pain around me and my own pain and just, yeah. So I, I hope that I hope that some of that helps you wherever you're at. I know that every, you're probably seeing this everywhere on the internet. I am too. But again, like don't, you know, shame spiral over your lack of creativity and productiveness right now. Like I'm really, really struggling with that, especially since I feel like I have to be creative because I am not getting the income that I'm used to um, or that I started becoming used to. And 
So it makes me feel like I have to think about all these ways to um, figure out how to make that come in right now. But also resources are slim. Maybe this is just the time where I have to pause and like, I don't know, try to trust that everything will be okay. I just want to like say some of the things that you guys wrote, um, just so that there's just some like, I don't know, a, a, a thread of connection. Um, I see a lot of things like overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, irritable, um, privileged. Someone wrote happy and that honestly makes me feel really happy. Like I'm so, I know that right now I'm, there's so many things I'm so happy about. Like I'm so grateful for, you know, having a safe home. I haven't always had a safe home. I have a safe home right now. I have a partner who makes me laugh every day. I have these little animal children, two cats and a dog who are the most entertaining thing ever. Like nothing compares. Um, not even my shitty reality TV. I, I would, I want to invite you all to, um, just share with me. And I also want to say that everything you guys are sharing with me, I'm going to make a chart or something with that I will share with you later via um, the show notes when I actually get this posted online. I would love to know if you're willing to share three things that you're grieving right now. And, and it can be as, as maybe you think it's shallow, it can be as light or as dark as you want it to be. So I'll give you like 15 seconds for that. Go ahead. Thank you just so that we can all feel like maybe less alone in what we're going through. Hmm. Wow. Okay. You guys really responded to this one. The other one, I think you were all kind of deciding if you wanted to or not. And this one, it's just like, whoosh. Okay. Um, I'm going to pause you all here. I'm going to read some of these out loud. Um, I won't name your names or, or anything like that, but there's a number of ones that said, I'm sad for the loss of income for others um, and stability, safe housing, normalcy. My God, I, all of us, what is normal? income, not seeing my mom, you know, a lot of things are about family, like missing family, a lot of um, people who are, are, a lot of you are, um, you know, missing your, your family and, and hugging and access to the beach, access to outside. Oh, gosh, yeah. Y'all, we are all in it. I'm just telling you, like, there are so many ways in which we are not able to um, live our normal lives. And for some of you, or for many of you, I know, you know, speaking for myself, a, lo a loss of routine, it can be really triggering for my mental health. Like it can be really, um, it can be really hard to know what to do with myself. I can revert into self-sabotaging patterns, things like that. And I know I'm not the only one. I just want you all to like really hold space for yourselves, for others, to not compare your experience to other people's, um, to know that everything matters, everything you feel matters, what other people are going through matters, um, and they don't cancel each other out. It's time. It's time for us to move on to our main event. Thank you for listening to me talk. I talked for about five minutes longer than I meant to. I am thrilled to introduce Tashian Chillis. Tashian is a plus size certified personal trainer and coach who believes movement should be adaptable, fun, and accessible, and that it doesn't have to be about changing a number on the scale or your body size. Tashian practices a haze and size inclusive approach Hayes means health at every size. It's an acronym. In 2019, she created BOPOMO, a body positive movement class specifically for plus size and fat identified folks, people of color and queer folks of all abilities to find joy and empowerment through movement. Welcome, Tashian. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we turned my mic. 
Okay, everybody, can you hear Tashian? We're good. Excellent. All right. Um, Tashian, thank you so much for being here. This means so much to me. Um, I got to ask you before we get into anything else, how has your self-quarantine been? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated, but it's like I live in the middle of like things being super a lot and then things going my way and finding routine so it's just a lot of things dealing with like family members who are sick and then dealing with getting new opportunities like I'm I'm living in this life of change and it's changing minute by minute so I'm okay <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about I feel like I live there that like dichotomy of like things being really great and really terrible all at the same time. Um, obviously I want to ask you a ton of questions about <laughs> being a certified personal trainer. That just sounds so badass. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have to ask you about outdoor stuff. Of course, what does getting outside for you right now look like? Um, right now it looks like lots of walks <laughs> with my dog. Um, I'm lucky I have a park across the street from my house. And so we just walk over there and just play ball for a little bit. It's also home to like my favorite tree in my neighborhood or in Tacoma. And so that brings me a lot of joy. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm lucky I live in the city, but in Tacoma we have lots of parks and they're not closed they're none of them are really closed like playgrounds are closed but nothing's really closed so getting outside just really means like opening up my windows in the morning and then going for walks across the street to the park with my dog that's what outside looks like right now excellent i'm i'm i think that there's a lot of confusion online right now about um about how to get outside. You know, I think that we are basically all being told to stay inside. And um, yes, that is extremely important. Um, I know for a lot of us, though, getting outside is really important for our mental health. And I think you just described really well, you know, how you can still get outside in responsible ways that aren't, you know, selfish. Um, I understand, you know, needing to have the, um, you know, fresh air and be with your favorite tree. And I think that, I think that with all of the conflicting messaging about, okay, the trails are still open, get outside, or, oh, you can always still go outside has been a little detrimental to us. Um, and I don't really blame folks for being confused. I want to know because out, you know, outdoorsy stuff is the context with which I got to know who you even are, even though there's so much more to you. I would love to know um, what led you to the outdoors. Like, have you, did you grow up outdoorsy? Did you, um, do you have an outdoorsy family? Um, I don't think like I grew up outdoors, but we definitely went camping as, as I was a kid. Like I went camping with my parents and then we always did like camp and by camping, I mean places with bathrooms and toilet paper and um, hookups and stuff like that. That's my type of camping, um, glamping really. I grew up semi outdoors, like we went outdoors. My dad fishes a lot. So I've definitely been to many fishing spots and gone fishing and bored out of my mind. Um, <laughs> uh, after college, I think I, uh, I had like, gone in college I even went hiking a couple times and it was miserable and it wasn't like I was like I don't understand um and then after college it was still the same thing not a lot of understanding of hiking and then um I think like in 2016 is when I really started hiking my brother was really sick for a long time and um hiking was like the first place I said like I think my brother's dying or I think everything's not okay or this is the only place where I have time to process and think 
and that really like deepened my emotions about the outdoors. Um, but then when he passed away, I was, it was the only place that I went to before I like had therapy and it was a solid six months of just going outside, being in the wilderness and like touching trees. Um, that really like deepened my love for the outdoors. And then, um, yeah. And then that whole year of 2017, um, processing him, my grandma, then my grandpa. And then in 2018, I decided to do 52 hikes. So that's a totally different stage of hiking and understanding. And I just learned so much during that time. Um, and it just, all of these things take me to where like right now in quarantine, I need to get outside. Like I know how important it is. Yeah, like that's my route to the outdoors. I love it, it's my favorite thing, but <laughs> mostly comes from grief and processing. I get it. I, first of all, thank you for sharing that and thank you for just like, yeah, being that real with us. Um, I, I personally feel like the outdoors is the place that I always turn to whenever I'm trying to process something of, you know, I mean, of, of any level, but especially some of the bigger things in life. Um, you know, I am grateful for therapy. I'm grateful for meds. I'm grateful for all of those things that help me be a more functioning person. Um, but nothing quite compares to time outside. And I hope that everybody who is watching and listening um, knows how much healing can be found in the outdoors. Tashian, do you have any sort of, well, I guess this might be a hard time to ask this, but do you have any outdoor goals this year that you're working on or potentially going to work on? Uh, it so depends on what's <laughs> happening. Well, I was going to do Mount St. Helens again for the second time uh, with friends and then also my dad because we didn't get to do it last year. Um, and then I was also doing parts of the PCT, but I, I have no idea. <laughs> I still want to do something in August. So hopefully August will be good for like at least like my first backpacking trip where I don't fall. Um, <laughs> I would like to do something outdoors for long more than 24 hours what happened when you fell on your backpacking trip um i went backpacking with three of my this friends. was your first time yeah okay. <laughs> it was my first time and um it was going great it was sunny it was beautiful we like loaded up all our packs and stuff and then we maybe were on this hike for probably not even a mile and there was like some wood that was slippery and like my foot just went underneath me and I, I don't know what I tore. Like I, I didn't actually get imaging of it, but it was my entire hamstring. Like oh it, walk. it was, it was experience, but I still spent the night on a beach with my friends and fire and, or food and in a tent and it was still just as beautiful just a little painful beauty. That's all. <laughs> yes. That is so real. Like having to, um, you know, plan B is, is, is a real thing when you do outdoor stuff for sure. <laughs> I really hope you get your first backpacking trip this summer. I mean, you are due. It is your time. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you about personal training. I mean, for me, when I think about the gym, I mean, it's just every worst, every terrible thing comes to mind. It's like the bad place. It's the place I don't ever want to go to. And, and, you know, I understand now that there's so many wonderful independent gyms that are, you know, have a haze approach like you do and um, that are more alternative. You're going to see like more people who actually resemble the people in your real life or maybe yourself, but still the road to becoming a personal trainer, like how does that happen? Um, I did a lot after college when I didn't have a job. So like <laughs> I found hiking. Um, the other thing I found was a gym. My mom 
was graciously like, you have nothing to do. Do you want to go to the gym? Like we have access to it. It's the YMCA. So um, I went to the Y. <laughs> um, and I spent a lot of time there. Um, good and bad times. But it, what I learned from there was that like, um, or what I did there was I slowly crept up in the front row of a dance fitness class called Mixed Fit. And I, they like one time asked me to lead a song or two. And then someone was like, you should become an instructor. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess. And so when I became, a, I became an instructor and then six months later, I started teaching or like three, four months later, I started teaching. And at that time I was working at the Y, I was still like focusing on fitness and like looking around me and seeing who's out there. Um, fitness in general just doesn't, uh, fitness like movement gym based, not dance or yoga, doesn't have that many providers or trainers in that space. And I noticed that people were starting to carve out space in like yoga studios. And um, I was interested in that. And then <laughs> as I kept dancing, I was like, this is hard on my bones and my body. And I was falling in love with like lifting and um, Mount St. Helens comes into like every story I have recent, like every time. Go but with it. I, <laughs> Go with it. I, the gym I currently work at, Marissa is my boss. Um, it's called Ascent Fitness. Uh, I wanted to train for um, the climb of Mount St. Helens. And I was looking for a trainer and I put it on like PNW Outdoor Women and someone recommended um, her and I went to her and trained with her. And then did Mount St. Helens. And then after I'm like, what am I doing? What's life? Like, what is this job that I currently hold? Um, this, uh, my other day job. And I'm, then, okay. I'm imagining that meme where the guy's like holding the butterfly and then like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what is life? What yeah. does it mean? Anyway. What is meaning? What am, what am I doing <laughs> with my life? Um, yeah. And so after that, after climbing Mount St. Helens and just having fun with movement in a different way, functional movement. Um, I was like, I should start teaching this type of class. I was kind of doing it at the Y, um, boot campy classes, boot camp classes. And um, uh, yeah, and then Marissa was hiring and I asked her if I could work there or I was like, I'm interested. And, and then like, I think in like, beginning of that year, so 2019, January or so, or even before, I just signed up for all the ACE stuff and decided to become a personal trainer. And in that time, I was working at Ascent. So I was getting my, like, knowledge up there a little bit. I find that so fascinating that it was your Mount St. Helens hike that uh, sort of spurred this, honestly, whole new life direction it kind of sounds like yeah. um what was will you share a little bit like what training for Mount St. Helens was like what did you do um so much uh, well I was doing the 52 hike challenge so I was hiking a lot in the gym I was doing movements that were preparing me for climbing and holding and using like wrist strength to climb up like the boulders at Mount St. Helens, um, doing lots of step ups and crawling because those are like functional movements that you have to do when you're on an incline. Um, lots in learning to lift at that time too, like learning to lift weights and really learning technique wise. Um, I was training like maybe two to three days a week and then also teaching dance fitness and coaching or and um uh hiking so I was doing a few things but that was what prepared me the most was doing these functional weird strange workouts in the in a at the YMCA which is not a place where you do like crawling on the ground or jumping and like weird explosive movements that you only see at like small studios. But yeah, so that was my training. It was functional movement and I had a plan and I just 
used a app and she would we would check in every month and yeah that was my training that's really cool and also sounds very overwhelming to me <laughs> i think the idea of crawling right now i mean it sounds horrible but um i also really love the visual so thank you um you know, earlier I, when I introduced you, I described adaptable, accessible movement. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? What does that mean to be, what is it adaptable and accessible movement? Um, I just think it means, at least for me, is like everyone who wants to move can move their body in a way. And there's ways to find adaptable meaning there's ways to do things that you don't think your body can do or doesn't look like something you can do so like my example would be like a squat um explaining that like we sit down on chairs very often if that's our ability um and we get up from chairs that's a squat <laughs> yeah. um being adaptable and using like boxes and like mach like TRXs, which is a suspension thing to get you off the ground or just really seeing what people want and then making it accessible to them. So I, there's so many things you can do, but like right now we're doing online fitness for our, um, our group fitness classes and making it what you have in your house, if that's like laundry detergent or <laughs> growlers or rocks that you have in your yard, like <laughs> that's making it adaptable and fun and still interesting and also putting it together that you can take it outside of the gym. It doesn't have to be just bicep curls and deadlifting all day. Like you can take it outside of the gym. Um, I don't know if that answers your that question. Lasts it does answer my question. And that the way that you just articulated that last part, I was like, cause that's what I think of when I think about like going to the gym. I'm going to pause this for just a second or interview for just a second to also say to everybody at the end of this, we're going to have a Q and a kind of like group conversation type thing um, via the chat. And I would like for you to just kind of think of any, um, as you're listening, maybe any questions that you might have for Tashian, um, for me, for about Unlikely Hikers, um, really about anything about the world, not that I'm going to have any answers for you, but just, I don't know, anything that you might want to talk about. Comments are good too, so feel free to keep them coming in the, in the chat, um, and we will try to get to as many of them as we can in just a bit. Um, I meant to tell you that early here, so um, game on, Tashian. Um, I, you know, I, I hear everything that you're saying about, you know, your journey to being a personal trainer and part of me is kind of like, well, what, I mean, what would you tell somebody who's like me, who might, which I think is a lot of people, especially other fat people, what is the importance of fitness? What can it do for our lives? Why should we or shouldn't we or why might we care about it? Like, what does it do for you? And why do you feel moved to bring it to other people? That's a better way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for me personally, I am a... I find a lot of things about fitness and I, I would like just say movement in general because I would include hiking in my fitness or whatever. Um, it just keeps me going personally, like not moving my body keeps me not moving my body and I don't feel good in my body when I'm not listening to what it needs. Um, movement always helps me just get out for an hour of my house or a couple hours if it's hiking and then I get to like see strength that I never thought I could have or in the case of like coaching using language that I never thought I could like get down and like under to understand for other or to showcase to other people um 
yeah, like fitness or movement in general, I just think our bodies are meant to move um, in any shape or way if you want it to. Um, We often have to get in and out of places. So I think just thinking of fitness or movement as like having to go to a grocery store or having to go to a doctor's appointment is my version of movement. Like I can't do that if I'm sitting all the time because my body's not going to remember how movement works. I think we're, we're movers. We are, that's what we are as humans. We're, we're meant to move forward and backwards and sideways and up and down, whatever. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I forgot the second part of your question. Like how, what was this? Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing I'm thinking about, you know, of course I know that you, I know that you understand that like also body diversity is a thing, you know, uh, we don't all have the same like movement capabilities and all of that, or maybe we have physical disabilities and things like that, that change what movement might look like for, um, you know, all of us on an individual basis. Um, but I am thinking, you know, I, what I would like to know is what, I mean, what does fit, not fitness, let's say movement, because fitness just brings up so many awful feelings. It's like just saying the word gym flatline, like flat out or whatever. It's, it just brings up bad associations, um, which, you know, the way that you talk about gym life and things like that has really changed the way that I think about the gym. Uh, what I would like to know is what, I mean, what do you feel like movement can do for someone? That was the second part. Uh-oh. You know, what, like mental health wise, all of those kinds of things, like what might what, what can, you know, finding new ways of movement do? Like how might it liberate somebody? Um, I, I know for a lot of people just becoming part with knowing what their body needs and listening to it and pushing it and doing things with that bring, that will eventually bring confidence I just think that mental health, yes, like if I don't work out, my therapist just asked me today and I was like, I actually haven't like really had movement for myself, to be honest. And then, um, but I was looking at ways of differing what I mean by that. Like I'm not going to the gym, but did I go for a walk today? Yes. Like it's still movement. Um, And that was a minute to clear my head. Um, I think movement in a gym space just helps like wanting to take up space in like a big box gym or having the confidence to take up space in a big box gym is so much fun when you get there. It takes a little bit of time and like it takes going to like the smaller gyms and studios or working out from home. But understanding that you're able to take up space is one of my favorite things about movement like being able to go into a class with confidence and ask hey do you have um straps for me or a way to modify something before you even go like asking for what you want um that's listening to your body and knowing what you need um but i think in general just movement gets you in touch with your body like you know what part you you understand like what parts are sore sometimes you're like why is my right ankle in this certain muscle sore or like why is my body telling me that i need rest and where do i need rest in um and then like oh my body's telling me i'm hungry or my body is telling me i need to see friends i need some connection i think i think movement in general just connects you with your body you know, I feel like I don't really know my body a lot of the time. Um, hiking has helped me become more aware of my body and its needs, but I don't always feel like I understand why my body feels the way it does. And I think I'm sort of mentally checked out from it, you know, for a lot of the reasons why, you know, a lot of us are, you know, just body negative culture um, feeling like I already have so many things to worry about. Like maybe I don't want to think about why my body feels a certain way, feeling like I have to work 
a certain amount or like I can't rest until A, B, or C thing is done, um, which is not very respectful to my body's needs. And, you know, I think that we also all know that we do those things better when we actually respect our body's needs. Like when we actually listen to our bodies, we get those other things done way better. Learning how to do that is really hard. And that's amazing that you're helping people find that and, and, and maybe even articulate uh, those kinds of feelings to themselves. A lot of what you were saying really made me think about the power of representation and also the power of community. Um, you know, you were talking about like working out in a big box gym and like how it can be really hard to advocate for yourself. Um, uh, and maybe you can advocate for your, yourself more when you feel more empowered. What does it mean? I mean, what does having other plus size community, like it, other plus size uh, uh, personal trainers, maybe just say a few words about what having that community does for you, you know, like having that kind of like camaraderie and, uh, and whatnot. I give big ups to most yoga instructors first because they were the first that I saw. Like there was nobody that I knew of personally. I'm in the like small Pacific Northwest and I don't see everybody obviously, but um, people like Amber Kearns and Jessamine Stanley and um, Dana Falsetti and I know yoga names more in my head because they've made such a huge impact on my life. Um, and they've taught me a lot about bodies in general, just like following them. Um, I think uh, I, I, I'm starting to see like more diverse bodies and I'm having this like little like group chats with different people that are in like fitness. Um, who have a subset of humans that they are working towards and helping. Um, I you mean people they specifically are inviting into that sphere for movement? Yeah, so people who help trans humans and then people who are basically doing like chair fitness. I will include all of these folks that Tashian named in our show notes in a few days. Yeah, um, and I'll but... put, I'll give you some more because I really want to like give, can't stress them cool. enough. Um, but I think awesome. now recently I'm just learning that there is more of us and that there is support there. Like we can talk about things like not getting paid for what we do, giving out free workouts when we should be getting paid we're struggling just as much with COVID and things like that I I just yeah it's nice to have like a little bit of a community within that I have a question that I want to ask you that I like to ask other plus size people other fat people um what words would you use to describe your body type examples you know fat plus size curvy chubby, I, I don't know, things like that. I know that we all have varying levels of comfort with certain words. And I would just, I would just love for you to, to share what works for you. Yeah, I, I say plus size most of the time. Um, I'm comfortable with that, but it's still one of those words that kind of gets me a little bit in my head. Um, in real life, like if we were like the what's considered fat or whatever I would be considered like a super I'm not super fat the one below it not mid but like a 3x 4x like that's who I am and as a trainer that's who I am um yeah I say plus size most of the time just because it's good for the general population <laughs> um but I do not mind the word fat it just does take me a minute to like not even a minute, just like, a, oh, and that's fine. Like it just takes my brain a second to be like, that's okay. It's okay. I can use that word. Yeah, totally. I mean, like it's uh, similarly um, for me. And I think a lot of people, it's a, a comfort level thing. Like um, 
mix and mixed company thing, you know, like it with my friends, it's fat, this fat, that like, you know, whatever. Um, but say I'm talking to a room full of people, I'm probably not going to say fat for anyone other than myself. And I will say plus size in general, um, just because I know that hearing that word, it's, it has a visceral reaction. Like some of us are just like, oh, that's a word that's been used to harm me my entire life. You know, why would I want to embrace that? And it makes total sense. But, you know, I also think that there's a lot of power in reclaiming some words that are used to harm us, you know? Um, and I think that, that that can be one for a lot of people. I think when I describe other humans, I don't, I also don't use the word fat, but I do say like people of size, bigger body humans, and I think that is my comfort level level most of the time. I usually say just bigger body humans because you don't know what that could mean to you. And um, I could also mean tall. Um, just like not, an, uh, I just say bigger body humans most of the time. Well, I think that, oh, also I wanted to say that um, Tashian said the words like, super fat and mid fat a moment ago. And um, those are based off of a chart by the person who does the fat lit podcast, which I highly recommend. I'll put that in the notes, but she made a, a really cool chart. That's very um, like one of the more inclusive, like body naming charts that I've seen. And I'll, I'll share that with all of you. This is going to wrap up our interview. One more question for you. Is there anything that you would like to promote or share? Is there anything you're working on right now that you would like folks to know? Or maybe how they can support you during COVID-19? Yeah. Well, um, I think I am looking for clients. So I would love to work with more people. One-on-one um, -on -one or in an online space. Uh, I um, I recently left a position, so I have more time and space and energy to do that. So I'm really excited for it. Um, and then also I do body positive movement class Bopomo on Thursdays at 530 <laughs> via Zoom and all of that stuff is in my Instagram. I have the links in my Instagram. Um, and that's just what I do live in real life and just bringing to community together and moving our bodies. So I'm, I would like more people to come to that so that I can also offer another time slot. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Awesome. I will include all of that info for everybody. Thank you so much, Tashian. Um, one more thing. I would love to take a screenshot of us. So get ready. On the count of three, look at the camera lens. <laughs> All right. One, two, three. Yay. All right. So now we're going to do just a little Q&A. Um, if anybody has questions, comments, um, we have about... 10 to 12 minutes to uh, do this. So keep them coming. We actually have quite a few already. Let's see. Okay, here's one. Um, I think this is for Tashian. How can we find the balance between moving when we don't have the capacity and being kind to ourselves by staying in bed today is the word attached to that. Um, and in parentheses, it says the extreme emotions of COVID have been so hard. And I feel like it's been very either or right now. Uh, I like respecting, like, how do you, what is the, is there um, a way to bridge the disconnect or divide between staying in bed all day and like actually getting movement when you know that it's going to make you feel better, but maybe don't feel um, uh, motivated? Um, I think right now, so it's something I've started doing in the last three weeks is when I'm like feeling really overwhelmed or I just know my body needs to move, but I'm so overwhelmed by everything going on. Um, I've been just walking one block, one block around my house, like, or my, my city block. That is it. And I come back inside, settle for a little bit and then see what my body wants next or needs. And it usually like brings up like, oh, I need 
to move or I need to work on this thing or just clears my headspace for a little bit where it's not, it's not even like a high bar to, for me to do that, but just opening and walking outside helps personally for me. And if you're trying to balance that, I would always go with rest. But if you know, if you're listening to your body and it says you need to move, you want some movement, your body is feeling movement. I suggest going just one block around your house and see how, without your phone, just one block and just see how you feel. That's really good advice. Um, You know, yeah, set what you might consider a low bar, even though it's not. Sometimes doing the least can feel like the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that I too am struggling with that too. Like the feeling of wanting to be glued to the couch and also wanting to be outside and getting some fresh air, even if it is just in my neighborhood. And, and this is a, um, this is a time that I'm so grateful I have a dog um, because I have to walk my dog. Um, so even when I feel like, well, I might as well just become one with the couch and real housewives, um, I actually have to get outside and walk her because I want to be a good dog mom. And she's also really fun outside. So um, yeah, you yeah. also like don't like sometimes I don't take Maggie I don't take my dog I've noticed that I'm like she's fine like she doesn't need this burst of energy and she's like more stressed to me to walk her even though she's a great dog I just yeah the focus yeah mm-hmm. it's the getting out by myself and without my phone specifically yeah. and walking one block awesome one person has a question about the ACE training um how was that? And like, was there any sort of like haze ideas, you know, in that learning process? Or was it just full of like diet culture bullshit? Um, it will, I mean, there was like one part about haze and I like took a picture and I was like, oh my God, insane. Out of this 300 page book, there's one thing. Um, I will say it is, a lot of diet culture, but that's also not what you're tested on in the test. So you're really learning about the human body and how it moves and how to program. And this is like a regular general population body that they usually talk about. So um, yeah, so it, it does, you had to, I had to put sticky notes on certain things because I've done that my entire life of studying. Like I'm grossed out by bugs. So in science, I would like put sticky notes on bugs that look weird. Um, So I would do the same for those points of like diet culture. You should have this many calories. You should move this much. Like some of that stuff is tested, but not really. It's more about moving your body. So there's there's not a real good um, way to get certified without that which sucks. Yeah. So you kind of have to endure some of those grosser parts to be able to get that certification to be able to actually bring the most good to the people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> so, oh, here's another, here's a really good question. Um, do you have any tips for exploring movement? that heal and not just movement for fitness or fun. Um, This is coming from a poor, easily injured trans guy without money for classes or um, uh, physical therapy. So um, maybe easy exercises that, you know, won't possibly injure um, and maybe like that, maybe things that'll help with like mobility and stretching, you know, like that. Do you have any advice for someone who might need that? Um, I'm trying to like think of resources in my head. Um, I would start with yoga resources, just men, Amber Kearns. Um, uh, Then there's like decolonizing fitness would be also a good step of they do chair workouts, which is just sitting in your chair and it's just, you can access that at $2. And then also they currently have 
they're able to sponsor a few people during the COVID-19-ness. So if you're looking for access, that's also a really great one. It's really, we tried to make fitness as accessible as possible. It is really hard. We are, a couple of us in that space are working on finding free or or cheaper packages or ways to work out. And right now is the time where we're doing a lot of that. So um, even my Bopomo class, even though it's not, I wouldn't suggest it for someone who's easily injured. I have people who have sponsored, have given me money to give people access to that class. So even things like that, like I've totally put it open for everybody, but I would start with yoga instructors who are giving out pretty good advice and mobility advice. I think that's really good advice. I think that, um, yeah, a lot of like, especially like fat and body, um, positive or body liberationist yoga instructors, I think they are often the most like in tune and understanding of the needs of diverse bodies. They're, um, you know, trained to basically think about moving in different ways. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of like adapting certain movements and things like that, that might help. Let's see. I've only got a couple of more minutes, unfortunately. Here's one though. Do you have any tips for rebuilding a positive relationship with the gym after years of, of triggering feelings about gym exercise? I could have asked this. Um, and I need kind of a fast answer. Um, try group classes. I, I say try a group class, big or small, at least two times. Decide if you like it. And if you don't, figure out what you don't like about it and try to find a different class that works for you. So like a, 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 a group class at like a regular gym? Regular gym. Okay. Wow. That's how I decided I like dance fitness. I've taken every class at the YMCA, but I decided dance fitness was my jam because I went to two classes and was like, I think I can do this or I'm not that good at it, but like I get something out of it. And I think finding a community of people that you like can be difficult. And I understand that. Um, But classes are the one place where I feel like you find a home away from like the gym floor and a treadmill. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. Thank you so much, Tashian, for all of, for answering all of those questions, for being our first guest. I I, got to wrap things up. I would thank our sponsors, but we have none. Um, You know, this is just a way for me to connect with all of you and hopefully just bring some like positivity and maybe more importantly, community or no, definitely more importantly, community, because sometimes when things are not positive, you need to just like own that and talk about real life and the realness of things and the dirt of life, um, the pain of things. And, you know, uh, just sometimes you got to say this shit sucks, um, and not be discounted for it. So I think we had a really good blend of like positivity, but also like acknowledging real life today. Um, and thank you for being a part of that Tashian and everybody who, who joined us today. This has been so fun. I want to give an extra thanks to all of the essential workers who are out there having to work outside of the home. Um, you know, postal workers, doctors, healthcare workers, uh, the folks at the fucking grocery store as a, a retail and food service employee for like 20 years, I can only imagine the horrible things happening um, or that people are experiencing. And I just, it's, it's honestly unfathomable. And also to everybody who has to work outside of the house and like, you know, who don't, don't have a choice the way some of us might have a choice or might be able to work from home. Um, I just want to acknowledge that and say, just send wellness and love and, um, compassion, empathy. Um, I also want to acknowledge that today is trans day of visibility. My life is better because of 
my trans family and friends and community. And I just want to thank everyone who is out and visible and living their gorgeous lives. Um, you make this a world that I want to live in. Um, and I also want to send love and um, just an I see you to those who can't be um, out and visible because we live for, for so many reasons, but we live in a world that is hostile to trans folks. And I know that it's important to me to make this a better place for my trans community and trans loved ones. And I hope that everybody listening is prioritizing that as well. And I will put some resources in our show notes for everybody to um, figure out how to be a better, better ally. Yeah, so uh, just wanted to acknowledge that, send love. If you want to uh, make a donation um, to Unlikely Hikers, to me, there is a link in our bio on Instagram and really every social media platform of mine. So go ahead and find that if you want to. I know money is tight for everybody. But yeah, we'll be doing this again next week, same day, same time. I'll announce it soon. I do already have the guests, but I don't want to spoil it. So um, thank you all so much. Bye.